I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with one half of the Novogratz, a husband and wife team crafting and cultivating a truly unique design brand. I spoke with Courtney Novogratz about life, family, and design, transition from New York to LA and back again, and uh, not necessarily in that order. We cover a lot. The Novogratz design brand is just that. It's it's a brand with so many offshoots and brand extensions, it, it makes the mind spin. It spins because if you do the math, and I encourage you to do this, listen, all of the brand extensions and offshoots in which she and husband Robert engage, if you try to imagine filling all of this into days and weeks, the time doesn't match the ambition. Between family, travel, the store, the design, developments, Okay, there is a lot unpacked in the following conversation, and uh, we're going to get right to it right after this. For over two years now, you have heard about my partnership with Thermosol. So you know that I have extremely high standards for Convo by Design partnerships. Thermosol is an extraordinary partner because there is this rare combination of intuitive design, with exceptional performance. They have state-of-the-art facilities located in Round Rock, Texas, and a company that's about to celebrate 65 years offering excellence in form and function. The Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series presented by Thermosol is a programming feature that regularly showcases remarkable design talent and how they do what they do and the manner in which they do it allowing designers to emulate successful strategies and make smarter clients who know what questions for of top professionals. If you want to understand more about this company and their history, please check the show notes for the link to episode 221 with Thermosol third generation CEO Mitch Altman. He explains the history behind the company and really that's what makes this company so special. Combine that with the cutting-edge technology, their world-class domestic facilities, and you have a company delivering predictable elegance upon which you can rely. And nowadays, how important is that? Thermosol.com. You're Southern California-based. Actually, no, I'm back in New York City. We were in LA for um, a few years. We gave it a shot and tried to live on the West Coast, but we came home. Tell me, tell me about that. Um, I I like how you how you phrase it. We gave it a shot. Tried to live on the West Coast. Isn't it interesting that? And we'll get to design in a minute. But there is this. Like I am born and raised in Southern California. I'm a native Angelino. Um, I'm I'm not living there right now. But mm-hmm. it's so funny. I either either you love it or you don't. New York. Either you love it or you don't. It's a, it's very well-defined. Well, I mean, they, it really is apples to oranges, right? So um, my daughter went to USC and stayed when she graduated last June. I mean, she absolutely loves it. And she went kicking and screaming uh, when she was 16. So I, I do, I love that we experienced it because I do feel like if you're fortunate, you should experience both coast and maybe live in the middle as well. But um there is a big difference. And I think it's um, so unique and it's, you know, it's great. Both, both places are completely different. Um, So you're either East coast or West coast, I think at heart. 
It's so funny too, because or you live in the middle, and I'm right. I'm in the middle now. I'm in I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, working on a design house project. Oh, that's and that's a cool city. People don't realize how cool Tulsa is. They don't. So you've been. Oh yeah, I've been. There's actually some great. I think it's Jinx, Oklahoma. There's a cool like town uh, with antiques and stuff nearby. But Tulsa's got great architecture. It's remarkable architecture. And it's funny because it was basically, you know, after the Glenpool struck, it was all these New York oil men came mm-hmm. in and, and created this little New York City. Yeah, it's, you know, it's th- very cool. The Hanson brothers live there, too. That's right. They do. <laughs> they do. We know it's them. So fu- and they play at Kane's, which is Kane's Ballroom, which is just a, an amazing venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play here all the time. Anyway, I digress. But it's interesting because you got you started one of the things that, you know, you started doing was you got into design by purchasing a brownstone and started getting into it. What was that like? Here's here's why I ask. We're in, I feel like we're in this moment in time not dissimilar to 0809 when huge financial crisis and when when there's huge turmoil like that people start reevaluating the meaning of life mm-hmm. and and their purpose and what they're doing and we're at another moment in time where people are looking at design and realizing the importance of design and architecture in, in the everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so people are starting to look at design and architecture again. And I'm, I'm curious because you had a different focus and then you, you find this, you find this place and you decide to roll up your sleeves and get into it. And having an experience like that, it will either, completely scare you away and you'll never want to do it again, or you fall in love with it. And, and clearly, you know, you and Robert fell, fell in love with it. What was, what was, what was it about that experience that changed um, your course? Exactly. Um, Robert and I, you know, even when we were dating, we shared the same kind of love of antiquing and design and real estate. Um, So that passion was already kind of inside of us. Uh, and of course, we started planning our wedding, bought a condemned building, mainly because we could. We knew we wanted a lot of children. We were like, what's a co-op board and a condo? And then there's maintenance fees. And like, this seems crazy. And we knew if we could get an individual building, we could rent it out for parties. We could make it a two-family home and pull money for the mortgage. And, you know, we just knew we, we have to figure out a way. Um, and then we learned everything on the job. And in one sense, Josh, we knew exactly what we were doing. And in another sense, we had no clue what we were doing. And we kind of went in um, with that in mind, you know, and we got three bids from contractors and we couldn't even afford the lowest bid, uh, you know, and just really learned everything on the job. But having a clear vision of what we wanted and then we had no money to even hang up drapes or curtains or even get furniture. And so we rented all the bedrooms out to my actor friends and the downstairs garden floor, we rented out to Robert's sister. And so we basically, you know, became designers in a sense where that was our showcase, our showroom where friends come came over and would start kind of saying, oh, can you help us decorate? And we were always that couple, Josh, if we'd hung out together and maybe gone dancing or gone to listen to the Hanson brothers together, the next day, we would have been at the flea markets and trying to tag you and bring you along. So um, 
anyway, in one sense, we found our career or it found us, but we just never stopped from there. You know, that was our kind of launching pad. And then the singer songwriter, Suzanne Vega came and rented our top floor out our big, you know, the bigger top three floors. And we moved down to the garden floor and just started looking for more real estate and really became house flippers before anyone even knew what that was. Um, and then also building custom homes for other people in downtown Manhattan and taking a, a kind of spin on what is a traditional brownstone. We then started buying parking lots, gun shops, nightclubs, anything that was a small enough building that big developers passed up, but they were big enough that they could become private homes. And so that's what we did. I mean, we rode our Vespa around, walked the streets and just tried to find unique property with a price tag we could afford and then rezoned everything from the city, you know, to get it passed for a residential. It's so interesting. What a what a remarkably creative way to craft your own career. Well, it was we designed the life we wanted, which was yeah. a lot of kids in downtown Manhattan. Um, if any time again, think of Airbnb and all these incredible one fine stay and the plum guide, all these high-end rental sites. We were renting our home out to see the world all the time. Um, whether it was for law and order, you know, 30 years ago, or even, you know, to another family, we would house swap across the world. We just knew we could make real estate work for us. And that was really a lot of Robert's vision. You know, if we could control the four walls, we could design the life we wanted. How do you export that vision? So you, it's one thing to, to have the vision and to understand what it is that you want. It's another thing entirely to find the clients to pay for that vision. What was the, what was the switch that was flipped? What was it Suzanne Vega moving in first and then, and then an introduction to other celebrity clientele? What was it? Well, I think she definitely, we became friends. I mean, she sang at all our kids' christenings. I had coffee with her two weeks ago. I mean, she really did. I think uh, we believed in ourselves, but she also believed in us. Um, and so that definitely helped. Um, she became a renter in that particular Chelsea townhouse for many years, uh, even once we left the garden floor apartment. Um, but I think we called ourselves designers and became designers because we were. Uh, and then I remember the first time someone hired us to do a hotel, I felt overwhelmed and Robert was like, just look at it as a big house. More people will see our work. Um, but we didn't know the language of designing for a hotel. Um, and there was a bigger team and a bigger you know, way to execute um, everything. But I think you just literally start and you navigate the best you can. I mean, for example, I'm from South Georgia. And so building in New York City, you know, I think I even I had mentioned something to my dad. And he goes, you just get a container, get it out front, take all the debris out. Well, the reality in New York City, you pay for a container and you want to put all the trash in it the next day. Every neighbor has thrown their dirty, you know, trash, their mattresses, their TVs, you know, and the next day you walk in and see the container, you walk down the street and you're like, I'm paying for that, you know? So you quickly realize the hustle's real. It's 10 times harder there is a saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Um, and that's in, in the industry. 
But I think for us, we also were providing a service and a little kind of creative niche where clients wanted what we had. Our homes were our showroom and our lifestyle is what they wanted, even though they didn't know how to get it. And so we were able to give it to them. Um, And we did four houses on street that the New York Times did an article on us, Josh, and that really brought the people that didn't see the vision before us. You know, we knew it was going to be amazing, but they were crumbling buildings. So the beauty was not there yet. We had to create the beauty. Um, And so many people passed up, you know, to own this private home. But this article did an incredible story. We believed in ourselves and we started building and they came. They literally then came because we were like, we're going to raise our children here. You can too. It's, it's so interesting to me, you know, in, in speaking with a lot of creatives, you know, there's a couple of ways to get into design. You, you go to school, you intern for another design firm, and then you hang your shingle or you love design, you design your house and then you hang a, hang a shingle and you do it that way. It feels like you've kind of restructured that particular model where you model your own life after something and then other people have this desire to live the way that you do. And it, it doesn't mean it's a particular style for you, a style of architecture or design. It just means it's, it's an idea. It's a way that you want to live, which ultimately is, is the, is the pure essence of design and architecture. You know, it's, it's designing for the way you want to live, not to create this remarkable space that then shapes the way your life to fit the the structure. Right. I, I think too, it's this experience that you have, you have where this struggle is real, right? Where you, you just one example of putting a container out there for debris and then everyone else is seeing an opportunity. Southern California is is one of those, you know, being a native Angelino, love Southern California, grew up there, grew up in, in the San Fernando Valley in the 80s. You know, I could not think of a better cool. place to, to grow up at that time. What's really interesting about Southern California is people from New York would come there and just be so surprised th- at the opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, I can put the a Wild dumpster. West. Yeah. 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 And because of that, you would have people come in and say, oh, well, there's an old house. I'm going to tear it down and, and experiment and build something new. It's like, oh, cool. Well, that might have been a, a, a Schindler or a Neutra or, or, right. or a, a Wallace Neff. Right. right. And because of that, what was once this great opportunity for experimentation that is Southern California, California in general, it's not like that anymore because, you know, now you it's harder to build. It's harder to, you know, you can't even... You can't even build in with some appliances and some plumbing fixtures because they don't conform mm-hmm. and it gets very difficult. So now you look at other opportunities. And I think for someone like you, vision really is the, is the key word to see an opportunity in something. What happens when it gets challenging and difficult to build in Southern California or to build in New York? Because New York right now, Real estate is on fire again. Remember, it, it was what a year ago or a year and a half ago that people said New York City is dead. Yeah, well, people were fle- we saw we were here. I mean, first with LA, we built a we redid a 1920s castle turret looking castle home in the Hollywood Hills, and you forget there's also like you know um, uh, what is it um, 
earthquake, you know, issues and landscape, all those kind of things. We also then did a 1930 Spanish. So, you know, I love uh, the freedom of the out West, but it's also hard, you know, it's also struggles. Um, but I do think when you think of Frank Geary and all the amazing things he's made out West, you can create anything you want, which is kind of cool. Um, but it also has its own issues. And then as far as New York, you know, we did see people leaving, but if you've lived long enough, you know, we were here during 9-11. You see people come and go all the time. You see the city though, for us, I have adult children now. It was, it was a little bit of a cleansing where it became so wealthy that now things, you know, when they left Bridget, for example, who just moved here, who's sitting next to me, came and is able to afford to take opportunities. Yes, now it's back on top and real estate in New York will always, you know, be like, you know, very expensive, but there's artists back in the street, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, Josh, Robert and I designed the life we wanted. The first time we threw a party and thought we need live music, but we can't afford it. How can we make that possible? We pulled a street artist from the subway and said, hey, do you want to come play at our party? And so it's it's really designing the life you want wherever you are. If you're in the middle of the country, if you're in beautiful Tulsa or Los Angeles or New York, um, I think if you lead with your gut on design, your eye will never lie. So if you see a house, that you love, but it's got something about it that's that spoke to you, but it's falling apart, you'll make it great. Um, and or anything, you know, if you want to redecorate a room, just start and it will reveal itself. And I do realize not everyone has that kind of design eye. That's why I have a job. That's why you love design and are in your business. But um, I think, you know, people can believe in themselves more than ever. And now there's incredible podcasts like yours and social media. You know, it's not just shelter magazines. There's so much you can see that's visual that can help you create the home you want. You are listening to my conversation with Courtney Novogratz. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to Convo by Design for a while now, you have heard me tell you about Article. Great style. Really, it's as simple as that with Article. Things have been challenging for design professionals and their clients for, what, two years, two plus years now? You know this already. What you might not know is that it doesn't have to be if you're looking for exceptionally beautiful modern furniture. Article provides a simple and easy way to creating a beautiful modern space because Article works direct with their manufacturers on production of unique and stunning pieces. Then they work directly by providing this well-crafted design directly to you. This direct relationship means you aren't wondering where your furniture is and you're getting it for an incredible value. What could possibly be better than that? In many cases, the shipping is flat rate, which means no surprises right? Even more, their culture and service are rooted in their core values. Customer obsession, doing it differently, ownership mindset, winning together. If you're a designer, architect, or residential developer, you must check out their trade program. Discounts, special support, and exclusive perks. Article has the beautiful modern furniture you're looking for at an incredible price, at an incredible value, and you need to check them out. Check out article.com, or if you go to the show notes, there is a specific link which will take you, if you're in the trade, directly to their trade program. You have to see it to really believe it. Thank you, Article. Let's explore that idea a little bit, Um, because now it's not just that things are more expensive, it's that things are relatively 
unattainable. If you yeah. want, if <laughs> you want wait six months for a refrigerator or longer or longer. Um, and what's interesting is where I think many thought, okay, it's kind of, it's kind of peaked and now things are going to start getting a little bit easier. I think pe- many people are surprised that it's really not. And I, I don't know that supply chain issues, and I'm, I'm so a t- couple of words that I would just like to strike from the vernacular zoom yeah. Um, supply chain. Yeah. I would love to, but the, the struggle, again, the struggle is real. And I think what's, what's really fascinating and kind of like your superpower is this ability to, to craft from within and to be, to be crafty and to be unique and to be resourceful. And, you know, the idea of finding a, a, a street performer to come in and, and, play at the, at your wedding. It, it, it's, it's at kind a of party. Like a, that was just a party. Yeah. Oh, sorry. A at a party. Yeah. Well, and, and I was, I was, I had another thought. I was thinking that was such a Ted Lasso moment. You know, I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but, yeah. but a very, very similar experience. That being said, both LA and New York are much harder to pick now. It's harder. Oh, yeah. It, it's harder to find things. How, how have you changed your strategy in that regard? Because, you know, it's interesting, just success doesn't necessarily kill the desire to pick and to find things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a certain, it's, it, it's a hunt, you know, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's the journey. That's more fun. I mean, to your point um, it's a process, right? So like we're finishing up a house in New York city, we were building during nine 11, a brand new structure, literally 10 blocks from nine 11. That was hard this time around 10 times harder. And I have years of experience since then, but it's still because of the pandemic, everything just almost have lost everything in a sense with this project. Um, but we we know how to go through it and to have a sense of humor and to realize things are hard at times. People that are in a successful place have worked to get there. You know, especially like I see with my younger kids and and they're, you know, where they can just look on their phone. Now, I used to have to go through the yellow pages. Now everything's at your fingertips, but it still can't happen any faster in, in some things, in some ways, because life happens. Um, but I think you basically have to, which we love, is we're a little bit like gypsies. I'm not going to end at this house. There's another house around the corner because that's what we love to do is create homes. Even with like writing a book, um, there's a beginning, middle and end. And and there's only really one point of view. So that's one book and that's one house. You can't have every style under one roof, but Robert and I love to create homes and we love to create things. Sometimes we've done entire blocks, uh, which was a gift. You know, we did two homes on one street, four homes on one street. Um, and so I think, you know, for us, the journey is the most fun, not moving in and having that party at the end of the day, that is fun and rewarding. But I also talk about entertaining setting up for a party is just as fun as the party itself. If you have that passion and you love what you do, which is what we love to like, what flowers, what alcohol, what music, what food, all of that, what decorations. Um, And then there's the celebration after. And I think people lose sight of that or they don't realize it's not really hard, but it is work and it's fun work. 
Um, I don't think people always get that, you know, even like holding through clients hands, we're doing um, a couple's house on um, Long Island and they're wonderful family. But a lot of times Robert and I are trying to keep their marriage together. We're trying to remind them you found each other for a reason. You can pick a paint color, you know, and there is no such thing as a dream home. It's your home. Uh, there's no perfect place. So, you know, reminding them to have fun as they're talking about finances and their home, which brings out so much anxiety. I get that. I mean, we we live in that kind of constant stress, um, but to, to let them enjoy the process. I think it's funny because having done the show for a while, the idea of designer as psychologist and architect as psychiatrist um it, it sort of comes up quite often and never more so has it has it been as important as it is right now because to your point you think about the stress that and it's it's funny when you think about it things like planning a wedding planning a party a graduation designing a home building a home they shouldn't be stressful. It should be an absolute joy. It's not. Um, it is one of the most stressful things in, in life because of all the decisions that, that come into play. Now, in addition to that, there's all of the things that one has to think about, you know, working on the project we're working on, ordering. Timing. Yeah. And specifying product in August and September of last year and only now getting deliveries scheduled mm -hmm. and finding out that the shipping cost that it was in September has now doubled. These are things that you just sort of have to, have to take into account now. The business has changed. And because the business has changed so rapidly, professionals, designers like you, your roles have to have changed as well. So you know, how are you coping with that? It's your stress as well. How are you coping with that? Are you leaning in more on local workrooms to take away some of that pressure from deliveries and, and product supply chain? Are, are you finding your vendors more supportive? Do you, do you feel like the industry as a whole has provided more support for you as a designer? Because I hear both sides of it. Right. Well, so I feel like every industry has shifted and changed and life is, whether there's a pandemic or not, life is always shifting and changing, right? We've seen with technology. So um, if you're lucky enough and fortunate enough to still be doing what you love and doing it long enough, you have to constantly keep evolving and changing. And so I hold on to that all the time. Uh, my husband and I, when things get really hard, really frustrating, and then with clients, it is trying to just be as honest as you can be. You know, we, we want it to look effortless and smooth, but you have to also be honest and say, this is the reality. And what I try to always break it down is, for example, if you're not able to get certain tiles in and we're going to cut costs and go in a different direction with other tiles, or let's just choose another one that we can get in time. I know that wasn't the plan, but we need to make a change. I think you'd literally just say these two tile choices, they're not going to make you any happier. 
It's just a choice. There's not a right or wrong, but decisions have to be made if you want to get into your house in time or if you want to, you know, have that celebration or whatever is coming up. And so it's really just spelling it out and saying, it's going to be okay. I keep reminding, you know, people don't always want to hear it's not their dream house, but it's a home. At the end of the day, it's how you live and how you respect it and enjoy it. And it's also the process to get you into that home. And it's, it's your life, you know, so, but it's at the end of the day, are you guys still in a relationship and enjoying the process and, you know, involving your children to some degree and recognizing that there's going to be some hardships, literally, um, you know, something may be delivered. And we had some issues recently with one of the Drake um, guys and we got a complaint and the reality is things happen. So I'm not going to shelter them from really hard times. I'm going to say that we can resolve this and trying to have a sense of humor about it, trying to be as honest and upfront in the smoothest way. Um, and then just literally getting this, getting it done, executing it, taking care of it, picking up whatever, you know, has fallen through the cracks or not being delivered. I mean, anyone that ever ordered anything from Europe knew the month of August is always on vacation. So now it's the whole world has, has stopped, um, but not for a vacation, sadly, because of delays and because of, you know, um, everything being late, you know, sadly, um, or lack of inventory. I mean, think if even across the country, homes, things were flying left and right. And now there's no inventory, you know, people that left urban areas to go rural, people that went, said, now I can maybe afford to live in urban cities, you know? Um, so it's just been a shift. And I think my hope is to remain grounded, to realize we are in a service industry. We're providing homes for people, uh, design services, and it's really emotional stuff. I mean, even in our own product line at Shop the Novogratz, uh, my customer service um, friend who helps run it with us, she was hearing such devastating stories over maybe a two or $300 futon. It's not about the futon. It's about what's going on in their lives. Um, and, and sometimes you can't cure all of that, but you can just hold their hand for a brief moment that feels like, you know, enough to make them calm down about the futon and look at the bigger picture. <laughs> Isn't it? It's interesting too. I, I think, you know, as we're talking about design, psychology, and all, all of the things, you know, the happiness and all of the things that are, you know, spaces should make you happy. I, I feel like over the years, the shelter publications have have created this anxiety and stress because there's a feeling that when you have when you hire a designer when you have a home professionally designed that it should be something that you would see in the pages of AD or any of the other shelter publications and it's created it's it's created sort of this false narrative that to be happy you have to have perfection right? And, and you have to have something out of the pages of, you know, the, the shelter pubs, because that's what design is. And that's what you strive for. It's that whole, you know, keeping up with the Joneses all over again. 
instead of realizing that, you know, maybe for, for you, happiness is a, a place to just plop and flop and be comfortable. You know, maybe it doesn't have to, maybe that is the design is the functionality of it. And, you know, do you feel like we've gotten a little bit away from that? And is, is this maybe a, an opportunity to return? Um, and that's a great question. I mean, the reality for me is if I come over, Josh, to your house, do you collect things? Who are you? What is your home about? Um, that is most important. It is a feeling. When you go to someone's house, or let's say you even go to a cool design hotel, you may not remember the wallpaper or the color of the bedspread. You remember a feeling you had there, and that's what stays with you. And so I constantly ask someone, how do you live? Do you like to entertain a lot? Do you have a lot of children like me? I keep hooks out in the open. So it's, I don't say you have to have a coat closet, just throw all the hooks out to the point someone had stopped by and said, is this a school, like a delivery guy? And I'm like, nope, just my home. But my kids hang up their coats. They know where it is. If you come over, Josh, you know exactly where to throw your bag and make yourself at home. Um, there's been times I, we uh, decorated for a bachelor and we found out in a duffel bag in his closet, he had all these tickets from all these incredible events all over the world. Uh, Carnival in Rio, um, Super Bowls, just literally running with the bulls in Spain, all these kind of ticket stubs and things thrown in a duffel bag. And I was like, this is so cool about you. This needs to be celebrated. This needs to be out for people to see. And so Robert and I found this old kind of clear display case and threw them all in there. And we were like, continue to add to it. And just like if someone stopped over, they'd be like, oh, what is that? It's just, so it's, it's saying to people, there are no rules when it comes to design. If you want two end tables that match, go for it. If you don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, we've lost a lot of jobs because we don't have that pedigree or, you know, um, you know, professional side to us that, you know, all the, what am I looking, diplomas, or we didn't go to design school. And that's okay because that person most likely wants someone that's going to take them to a showroom, buy the whole showroom, play it safe. Um, we're going to be like, hey, do you have an art collection? Why don't you start one? Uh, do you have something that was, you know, maybe a piece of furniture from your parents? Why don't you reuse that? Is it dated? Let's lacquer it. Let's update it. Let's bring it. That's the soul to your house is something old and let's get something new. Um, but again, it's, it's having people, I hope, that believe in the fun of decorating, no matter if they're casual or if they're more, you know, fancier, so to say, so to speak. Um, it should be really fun and it should like not be intimidating. And I feel like things have become so intimidating that it's filled with anxiety and life doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, it's it's so true. And and you know, that's kind of the the point is realizing that it, it doesn't have to be like that. And you know, that that's why you know the 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 value of designers, that's why I started doing this show nine years ago, is I've always been a huge fan of design and architecture. I I, I love design and architecture, but I never but I realized early on that I didn't possess the skill or the talent. Yeah. To, to do it professionally. So, I, you know, as a journalist, you do the next best thing. I think it's interesting too, that you create your shop. So you have an online store shop, Nova Grouts. And I'm curious your thoughts on being the curator 
of a shop and what you put into your shop and why you put it there and how you source and why you source what you do. What's the, what's the curation process for you? Not even, not as a designer for a specific client, but as a showroom owner now, a digital showroom owner and what you put there and why you put it there. Well, and I I agree that I just feel so kind of fortunate that we can run in both worlds. We do super high-end stuff and then we do really affordable, great things because everyone that has good taste, no matter what your income is, you want cool things. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, more expensive does not mean better. Um, And so Robert and I are, when we made a mindful choice to sell really affordable pieces and bring those to the market in a box. Now, this was even before a pandemic where we were bringing furniture to your home in a box, Um, not towels, not small soft goods, but actual furniture with a toolkit, with instructions that would empower you that you can build it yourself and decorate yourself and have this beautiful home space. Um, And I love that it's a box because if it's your first apartment in New York City, you can have it walk up five stories, (laughs) a five story walk up and it will actually fit. You know, they don't have to cut the sofa in half and it will fit in your apartment. Um, But for us, it's constantly saying, you know, what kind of fabrics do we want to get it at a price point? The legs have to be certain size because to fit in the box. Um, All of those things have been really fun also not always easy um, and trying to come up with great product, you know, as far as broad iron beds to uh, fabric beds to different size sofas, chairs, chairs with arms, chairs without arms, thinking of small spaces, thinking of bigger spaces, um, desks. It's really just been amazing journey so far to get it the right way. And we're still not fully there, you know, but it's, it has so many different layers and legs that I feel like someone can curate their whole house through shopping with us. And it, it won't look just like their neighbors, you know, think of like Ikea, it was a go-to place that was great and you could always get something, but you knew it was Ikea, you know, as soon as you walked in someone's home, you knew it. We have those same prices, even better quality, but it can be different looks. It could be boho chic. It could be, you know, traditional, modern. Um, there's there's an array of a collection of furniture. And that's what, because through the years, we've been together 30 years, we've had an array of clients. Um, and so it's really hopefully offering people to design for themselves. And we've done a lot of the work and we constantly keep evolving. We've offered art um, outdoor furniture, great indoor, outdoor rugs, just really everything that we need for our own house, our own home. We hopefully create it and then bring it to market and also put the test. If it survives my house, it's going to survive yours. I promise you that. (laughs) What would you, what would you, is it an, is it an ongoing process, your sourcing and finding the right products. Is that, is that fun for you? Is the curation process part of the fun or, or is it something that you feel like you should do because it's, it's a brand extension 
that makes sense. By the way, there's no wrong answer. Um, sometimes being able to to share the joy with with an online store with a with a virtual digital showroom, it it allows you to expand your your reach. Um, but sometimes being a shop owner, it definitely carries its own series of headaches. Well, I mean, agreed. So we have pretty much three time full, full-time jobs, our family, our real estate and flipping and all of that, that we love, and then our brand. And so it's, it's full throttle all the time. Um, the awesome thing is like Robert, if he sees something, uh, say maybe we were in Hudson, New York this past weekend antiquing, and there was this incredible, um, day bed. And so he's like, oh, we should make that. That it was from, I think, like the 70s, but the way it flipped and turned and all these things. Um, he's like, we should make that at a great price and it'll be delivered in a box to your home. And so it's a take on the past. Now we have to now actually get that executed and figure out the cost and all of that. Um, and that we rely on our team, our vendors. You know, they're amazing. They've been doing this for way longer than we have. Um, and so it'll be back and forth of choosing, you know, like, for example, some of our um, furniture doesn't actually have piping, but it looks like it has piping. It doesn't actually have nail heads, but it's tufted. So we just give and take of to get things to that price point. Um, and then there's employees and all of that fun stuff uh, to, to deal with. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're still we're still in it and still feel excited every day, you know, even with some of the obstacles and hardships. We did a big photo shoot last week for the brand and we had some of our children in it and some of their friends, which was really fun. My son that's at NYU had all his creative friends come over. My kids in high school came, my middle school kid who now looks like he's in high school came um, and all of our employees were there. And we really mix family and work together. And so we do expose ourselves quite a bit but we have a lot of fun and we've become, you know, we've become good friends with photographers, with our vendors. Uh, they flew in from Montreal and we just really kind of try to, again, look at the ultimate goal and how we can all lean on each other and how we use our whole village to get there. I, so There's so much to unpack with what you just said. <laughs> One of the things and I love that we can talk about this. I don't get an opportunity to really delve deep into this with, with many guests because the idea of branding, I don't think, I don't think most of the creatives in the industry understand the full concept of branding. It's not social media. It's not your look, your style, your clients, your press, your publicity. It's all of it. And sometimes all of it has to, it's hard to think about all of it at the same time. It's like looking at the design of a house and thinking, okay, here's my designed house. Well, you can't do that. You got to look at each room individually and then product within each room individually. And how does it flow and what does it do? And talk to me a little bit about the brand and about the brand strategy. Your brand is very well-defined and the definition comes from sculpting. It's almost like water on sandstone, you know, over hundreds of thousands of millions of years, it crafts this amazing 
shape that you couldn't do physically if you wanted to. It just has to happen over time. How has your brand developed? Have there been missteps? And if there are, how do you refocus? Because I think a lot of people will look at brand and not really understand that it is a it is the long game. But clearly, it, it, you, yeah, you got that early game. on. It It is a long game. Um, and the fact that, again, <laughs> Robert and I um, have seven kids, so we're not going to stop working. We can't. <laughs> and we live in expensive cities. Um, but what else are we going to do? We're not going to go play golf. So, you know, we are supposed to continue the grind or the journey or the work, you know, um, I mean, the wonderful thing is now my adult children can really bring so much energy and um, ideas. And so your question is kind of talking about the brand is it's multi-layered. It is so many moving parts, similar to how my family is nine people, but we all have different personalities. We all bring something to the table. And so every relationship from our furniture maker to our relationship with the shade store, to our relationships with temp paper, to our rug vendors, Momini, to the furniture Durrell, who's based in Montreal, the ones I told you that came down. It's really constantly keeping things honest and communicating. So for example, the shoot last week, it's back to school. Let's tell that story. What feels authentic and real. I've been doing back to school a long time. And so I can just tap into those resources of what have I always needed? Was it moving someone off to college? Is it just elementary school all the way up to high school? What does back to school look like? Is it my adult children now getting their first apartments? And so our brand really reflects kind of our real life, what's happening and shifting and changing with that. I mean, from think about social media to TikTok, to all those things, to our first book and now our fourth book. Um, it's, it's all of those pieces that tell the big story, which is ultimately our family brand. Um, we wanted to design something overseas. And so that dream came true. And so we were able to make that a moment. Um, and so everything we do is just naturally or in an organic way, moving us forward to all the things Robert and I've wanted for our own lives. And then we're giving it out to everyone as part of the brand. Um, so it's just kind of an extension of who we are, but there is strategy to be, you know, to be mindful of that, of like what's next year look like, what's five years from now look like. Um, when there's been a mistake, uh, we've sent a catalog one time that looked like a, a yearbook and spent money on that and an actual physical thing. And so then trying to just say, should we do that and repeat that next year or not, you know, and people need to touch and hold things, but then they also want a digital format and just constantly weighing out what is the best move to make, you know, and that in itself is also a full-time job and you're only as good as your team. And so what does that team look like? Does that need to shift and change? Is someone leaving? Well, ultimately the brand will still stay even if someone needs to leave. Um, but that can be scary. That means more work for us at times, you know? And so it's, it's ultimately at the end of the day, um, a work in progress and hopefully a beautiful way. So what's, what's next? Um, travel, events. It's, it's funny because, you know, having kids 
at all different levels of school, tra traveling for, for pleasure probably is not as easy right now as it, as it once was. Um, but as far as the events, now that events are open again, now that we're, we're traveling, what's, what's next for you? Are you going anywhere? Are you speaking anywhere? Are there any panels coming up? Exactly. Well, this last week we went uh, Thursday night apartment therapy. Um, we did it's kind of uh, something for a month long in the city in New York, and it's called um, small cool spaces. And so we took one of the small spaces and designed for the Novogratz. And so we went there. Uh, Maxwell's a friend who owns apartment therapy and runs that and has been amazing. And we actually talking about how in our industry, it's a slow burn, you know, but it's something we love. So if you love design, it's always going to be in your life and you just keep designing the life you want and the career you want. Um, where some other industries seem like overnight success, you know, and not as tangible as, as um, our industry. So that was last week. Um, we have our products that come out with Bed Bath & Beyond, which has been amazing. I actually went to the one in Chelsea and that was a great feeling just to see it on the floor. Um, and that was the shoot I was telling you about the back to school that shoot that will launch this summer. Um, and travel's always, even with the pandemic, been important to us. And travel can be a drive somewhere new that we've never gone to or jumping on a plane and going to another country. So that will always be in our lives. Um, we will travel this summer, thank goodness, uh, overseas. And um yeah, we're finishing our current house that we'll be moving into, which has all of our latest collection of drapes and uh, shades with the shade store. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and what you can see behind me, Josh, I'm in the middle of moving out of this townhouse is why it seems so empty. Um, hopefully we're moving soon. But again, it's the gas turned on by New York City, all of these obstacles that you know, it's not our first rodeo, but sometimes it's, it's hard to keep picking yourself up, you know. And getting back to work. Yeah, no, it's true. And I love that. It just out of curiosity, when you uh when you went out to Southern California that first time, did you drive? You know what's so funny? We flew in our daughter's road trip and drove. Okay. So, but we had to fly because I was waiting for the movers on the other side. But I have driven across country and our family has. And my son Breaker, who performed, he's in a band, he performed uh in the South and out West. And he had to drive both ways as he, as one should at his age. And he popped a 10 along the way. And just like it, to hear um, my kids experience driving uh, was also really fun because I drove when I was younger with my sister and we have definitely driven across country a few times, but we flew that particular time. It just, it, I only ask because I, I feel like the, you and Robert, your family, the Novogratz, it, it feels like it's one of those things that is like totally up your alley that that you would do and thoroughly enjoy it. I've done that so many times. It, the idea of the road trip and design just sort of go hand in glove. Yes, exactly. You know, especially because it's become so hard to pick in most major metropolitan cities. And then when you actually get out and start exploring the country, you oh, it's find amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Reed Drum and I decorated for her, uh, who's in Oklahoma, um, uh, on the Food Network, you know, uh, in Pahuska, Oklahoma. We went out and it's in the middle of nowhere, but we made sure we found the antique places, which was great. Um, even if I go to Georgia or if we go anywhere 
there's great antiques all over. And it's really telling, like, for example, Brimfield in Massachusetts, which is three times a year, a big flea market, as opposed to Round Top in Texas, you're going to get completely different looks. The same way the Long Beach um, flea market or Pasadena flea market, you get a whole flare of things there. You know, it's just really so important if you're someone that seeks and loves the hunt um, to get out to these smaller towns or rural areas because there's really cool groovy stores everywhere. One of our favorite um, antique stores is Uncommon Objects in Austin. Uh, so every time we go there, it's always great, but it's harder and harder. I mean, you can even go to the Paris flea markets now and it's hard to find the cool stuff because it's great where you can be online and go to First Dibs or Cherish or all these sites and find unique lighting or unique pieces of furniture. But that means it's harder to find the one of a kind stuff um, because they're being sold <laughs> online. Uh, but we really love the hunt. I love to go to different markets all over the world um, because you're going to find unique pieces or unique paintings or, you know, little tchotchkes uh, that really tell who you are. Yeah. And it feels like there's an opportunity right now because with so many people who have left major cities to go find other metropolitan cities in which to live, when that happens, then they bring, you know, money from bigger cities and you start renovating and then certain things just sort of find their way into the marketplace or on Craigslist or yeah, that, exactly. that's when it gets fun again. Yeah. Um, well, I think, that, I think because of TV shows, right. Yeah. And design that were never there. I mean, even when we did our first show, it just designed shows, there was food, a food scene, but there wasn't a design scene. And now like, it's like really people are sitting down around the table, around the TV and watching like, you know, home makeover shows, which is amazing. And it's great. And it's like exploded. And so people are really saying, oh, I need to, I need to fix up my house, you know, which is awesome. And now there's all these incredible ways to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited that there's just so much stuff to, uh, to hopefully use to decorate with. I just got to get my hands on all of them. And there's yeah, so many it, homes. There's so many homes that need love and care. You know, I have like love affairs with houses. I've had to walk away from so many that maybe had a bigger price tag or was in a city I didn't live in. I couldn't do that one. But. Yeah, but that's that's the fun of it. And this was great, Courtney. I, I so appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today. Thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I love it. Thanks so much. <laughs> I know you love talking about great partnerships the same way I do. Let me tell you about an incredible design partner who is working with us on the Convo by Design Remote Design House Tulsa project, Franz Wigner. A company created in 1899 in Attendorn, Germany. They started manufacturing brass beer taps. In 1921, the company expanded to Buenos Aires, manufacturing brass faucetry. The company launched in the U.S. in 1992, and Franz Wigner Premium Collection began in 2008. Franz Wigner crafts high-quality, premium faucets with the objective to create a design-oriented luxury product that exceeds the standards set by world-class designers and architects. Pretty heady stuff, and they do it. If you see a Franz Wigner faucet, it is stunning. You use Franz Wigner faucets, and they perform flawlessly. Product you can depend on after over 120 years designing a truly stunning faucet line.
For more information and to check out the entire line of faucets, visit franzwegner.com. So I'm going to spell it for you, right? <laughs> F-R-A-N-Z-V-I-E-G-E-N-E-R.com. Thank you, Franz Wegner. Thank you, Courtney. Loved our chat. Next time, we have to have both you and Robert on together, and that will be fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast, subscribing to the show, and for your emails. Thank you to Convo by Design Partners, Thermosol, Article, York Wall Coverings, Franz Wigner, and Moya Living. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your friendship. It's, it's a joy. Uh, I love working with you guys. Coming up on the show in the next few months, you are going to be hearing episodes showcasing the work done on the 2022 Remote Design House Tulsa, a project I am extremely proud of and really looking forward to sharing with you. I know I keep teasing it, but it's coming, I promise. Thanks again for taking part of your busy day to spend with me and the most wonderful designers, architects, and creators in the world. Until next week, be well and take today first. Mm-hmm.